Hello and welcome everybody to the Bring the Sting podcast. I am your host, Evan Birchmore. On today's episode, guys, week four recap. That's right, week four recap for your Charlotte Hornets as they are coming off a three and one week, including two really signature wins, guys, getting a win on Friday night over the Knicks and last night against the league leading Golden State Warriors, giving the Warriors only their second loss of the young season, guys. The Hornets currently sitting at eight and seven, eighth place in the Eastern Conference, guys. Before we get started, just going to dive on into a couple of housekeeping items, uh, some scheduling items, if you will. Now, I know the schedule of the episodes coming out, right? It's been consistent. Mondays is our day, and I've explained that on the air, guys. But just a little update about the timeline of episodes, right? And I've explained this on Twitter and on Instagram, but uh, if you don't have us on those channels, number one, be sure to follow us for any updates. But number two, going to go ahead and get it on the airwaves as well, guys. So the time that the episodes are released on Mondays, guys, depends on the schedule of games on Sundays. So for instance, this past week, There was a very late Sunday game against the Clippers in Los Angeles. It tipped off at 10 o'clock Eastern time, guys. So that episode came out later on Monday, and that is for the sake of the quality of the episodes, guys. Now, I could sit here. I could record the episodes right at 1 or 2 a.m. on Monday, uh, but I just don't think they'd be very good episodes. I don't think they would really give you the content that you guys tune in for. They wouldn't be my best work. So I think I owe it to my audience and to Hornets fans everywhere uh, to give you the best episodes that I can and the best content that I can produce. And so that involves scheduling it around the games. Now this coming week, guys, no Sunday game. So episode will be out first thing on Monday morning. But again, uh, the episodes just kind of depend on the timing of the games. Now I'll be sure to update that on the social media channels as well. So if you don't already, be sure to follow along. Twitter, it's at underscore bring the sting. Instagram, it's at bring the sting, guys. And you'll get all you know content updates on those channels as well. But without further ado, Let's go ahead and dive on into this past week, guys. And four games were on the schedule for the Hornets this week. Again, as I mentioned, you go three and one. The first game this week, though, you did take an L. That was against the Lakers. It was an overtime, 126 to 123. Really just a crazy game, a game where I thought you, you you did have a good chance. You know, Anthony Davis was questionable going into the game. He did play. He played very well. Uh, but no LeBron James still for the Lakers. So you think, okay, you know, he's clearly still their best player. They've been struggling a lot without him. You know, I know they've lost two games to the Thunder, who are pretty much one of the worst teams in the league this year. Uh, Westbrook is not off to a great start there in L.A., so you think, okay, maybe we can catch him sleeping. Maybe we could steal a game, and you almost did. You know, probably should have, but again, your defensive sort of shortcomings, if you will, really reared their head again in this game. Uh, But some things I want to take away from that contest, situational basketball, right? Closing games down the stretch. You did kind of come back. Miles Bridges hits a big three to uh, put it into overtime, but... You know, just closing games, and you're a young team compared to the Lakers, who are very much a veteran team, right? And you got to run through their roster of, you know, who on that team is. They have several locks for the Hall of Fame. I mean, obviously LeBron will be a Hall of Famer, Westbrook will be a Hall of Famer, Anthony Davis I think will be there. You know, you think about a guy like Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony who did very well against you, Rondo if you want to put him in there. So that all that to say, they are a very veteran laden squad, and you are not. You know, the veterans on the Hornets are guys like Gordon Hayward, Mason Plumlee. You know, those are kind of your veteran Ish Smith. You know, they're not the caliber of players of the veterans on the Lakers. And so you just don't have that experience. So situational basketball, I think, can still be a struggle at times. Although at other times, you know, you play very good situational basketball. So it's kind of, you know, an interesting dynamic there. But you can't close it out against the Lakers. One thing I did take away from that game, though, and I felt very good about this, road LaMelo ball, road mellow. 
Lamelo played excellent against the Lakers. He went triple double, 25 points, 11 assists, 16 rebounds. Really, really good performance out of him. Kind of a homecoming of sorts for him. He's from that uh, Los Angeles area. So a good game out of him. But overall, you know, that definitely just a disappointing loss again. And kind of capped off that five-game losing streak where you were just getting abused on defense. Like, your defense was just bad. Like, there's really no other way to describe it. I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat things. It was just bad, bad defense. But you kind of tightened up the rest of the week. The rest of the week, you give up 108 to Memphis, 96 to New York, and then 102 to Golden State last night. So it definitely did, you know, tighten up a little bit. I think the low point, honestly, was 140 to Sacramento, who is not a very good team. It looks like they might fire their coach, Luke Walton, pretty soon. So that was not a good performance. But Again, you kind of got the ship righted a little bit as the week went on. So moving into that game at Memphis, guys, you win 118-108. to 108, You snap the skid. I had a good feeling going into this one, right, where it was a five-game road trip. You didn't want to go 0-5, obviously. I'm not breaking news by telling you that. You know, you don't want to go 0 for on a road trip. Memphis is a team who is talented. They're a young team. I think they're very similar to you, where they're they're young. They have a few veterans. They're, you know, probably their best player is is the young point guard, John Morant, where your best player is young point guard, LaMelo Ball. Uh, but again, you go in there, and I know fans, we all had a sour taste in our mouths from that preseason game where Memphis came into your house and just stomped you. Steven Adams looked like Shaq, you know, down on the block, just going off against you. You played really, really well. Guys, the story of this game, though, Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre, 37 points off the bench, the most points off the bench in franchise history. What a performance from him. And I mentioned this on the last episode where Ubre is a guy where, you know, he could go for two points one night and he could go for 40 the next, and it wouldn't shock you either way. You can't pencil him in for any level of productivity, but you take what you get. Well, uh, clearly you take what you get when you get 37 points off the bench and a franchise record from him. He really shot the ball well. Against Memphis, uh, Ja goes for 32 points, but he had 19 in the first. So I was watching the game. I'm thinking, okay, Goodness, is this going to be a game where Jaw just kills you and, you know, we end up on Sports Center and Jaw goes for 40 or 50 on you? Well, he had 19 in the first, so he was on pace for it, but he ends with 32. So, again, you shut him down the last three quarters, relatively speaking, uh, compared to that first frame. So, good job defensively to kind of, you know, buckle down after that first frame. You kind of get blitzed. You know, sometimes that happens. You're on the road, hostile environment. You know, you're the visiting team. So, you just got to kind of deal with adversity. Take the punches, if you will, early on. And keep battling, keep fighting. You don't give up, right? That's that's why you stick with it. But again, good performance Wednesday night. You get the dub over Memphis. You come back home Friday night, guys. Big, big game. New York Knicks coming to town. You know, New York, a good team. They play hard. We know kind of what they're about with uh, Coach Thibodeau up there. And we all love seeing Kimba come back to Charlotte. You know, and just – I was kind of arguing with some folks on Instagram. I posted a picture of uh, that meme from The Office where it's Pam, Pam Beasley sitting there and it says – find the difference between these two photos. And it was Kimba and the goat, right? Because Kimba is Charlotte's goat in my book of, of basketball. Like he's the Hornets goat as far as he's the best player in this franchise's history. He's meant the most as far as keeping you relevant the past few years and, and this kind of current iteration of the Hornets franchise, right? And I had people arguing with me, well, oh, he's not a goat, you know, yada, yada, yada. But guys, you got to remember, Charlotte is not an old NBA franchise. Charlotte has not had that much success as an NBA franchise. So you have to build history from something. Like you have to have tradition and history from somewhere. You know, the, the Lakers and the Celtics and the Knicks, they didn't just automatically have all this history uh, behind them, you know, when they were founded. They, they had to build that up. 
So as Charlotte, you know, you're building your history. And I think that's what's exciting about being a young team, being a relatively young franchise, is that you are constantly having firsts and constantly creating history as opposed to some of these older franchises. But all that to say, guys, Kimba, it's great to see you back. Uh, he goes for 17 in the first quarter. So, again, similar to that Memphis game where Jaw was going off in the first, it looked like Kimba was just going to go, you know, ballistic and shoot you out of the gym. Uh, but he ends up with 26. So you really tighten up on him the last three quarters. Again, he goes for nine points the rest of the way, quarters two through four. LaMelo pulling down 17 rebounds, guys. Again, it benefits you to have a six, seven point guard. Leave it at that. He's, he's a terrific rebounder for his position. Uh, but the kind of play of the game in my mind, coming down the stretch in the fourth, you know, it's a tight contest. Obi Toppin gets a windmill dunk. It was kind of a cherry pick where he, he you know, he wasn't back on defense. So he was wide open on the other end of the court. But Miles Bridges gets a 360 dunk. And look, I'm not sure if he admitted it. He might have. He might have in the presser. But, you know, I think that was on purpose. Like he saw Obi Toppin do the 360 and said, okay, let me do you one better. And guys, honestly, that just swung the momentum so heavily in Charlotte's favor. You finish off the game strong, comeback victory over the Knicks, guys. Really, really good performance on Friday night. Again, rocking the new City Edition uniforms, the City Edition court, kind of that. Uh, OG, if you will, the throwback court, old school uh, Hugo there at center court. I love the look. The jerseys have really grown on me. I wasn't a big fan at first, but, you know, they're not horrible. They're not my favorite Hornets jerseys uh, by any stretch, but I don't hate them. Compared to a lot of the other city jerseys, they're really, really good. But, again, squad looked good. Squad got the win. And then you move to Sunday night, guys, against the Warriors. We all know what the Warriors are about, right? Even with no KD anymore these days, like, they're just such a good franchise. They're such a well-run group. As long as Steph and Draymond are there, they're going to be viable. That's without even adding Clay in. It seems like every year they have these guys who, like, it's almost like you look back at the Patriots when Tom Brady was there, right? And they would just get these guys from other teams who really weren't that good on other teams, like Wes Welker, for example, or some other guys like that. And they just come into New England and they were they were just tear it up. And that's what I feel like happens in Golden State, where you get these guys. You know, even like an Andrew Wiggins, we know he's talented, but he's doing excellent in Golden State. Didn't really do a whole lot in Minnesota, you know, at least didn't live up to his potential in Minnesota. You have other guys, you know, Gary Payton is playing very well so far this year. Jordan Poole is playing very well so far this year, guys. But again, Golden State coming in, you know what they're about. They'd only lost one game this year, and it was an overtime game. So their first loss in regulation, you handed it to them. And again, guys, kind of the story of the night for me personally was Terry Rozier. 20 points, but all coming in the second half. When I talk about situational scoring, and I've talked about some guys on this team who can put up good numbers, but it kind of, you know, what is the impact of those numbers? Like, I remember just going back and not to continue to bring this up over and over again, but my example is Gordon Hayward in the Sacramento game where he had 25 points for the game. So if you just looked at the box score, you would think that's great, but he had zero points in the fourth quarter as he tried to come back. Well, you got to give me more than zero points in the fourth quarter. Terry, obviously the first half, he puts up a goose egg. That's no good. But 20 points in the second half, and I think you all know what I'm about to say, the jump ball against Draymond. Like, that is just – I tweeted this. You can't measure heart. Like, there's no stat that I can give you that shows, oh, Terry has this much heart. But just cut on the tape and look at that play. Like, that tells you all you need to know about Terry Rogier, kind of the, the character of Terry Rogier, if you will, and just that killer instinct of Terry. Because it's not always – it doesn't always have to be a clutch shot, right? Like – Shooting is not the only thing that you can be clutch at. You can have clutch defense, clutch rebounding, a clutch pass, a clutch jump ball, you know, against a guy who's taller than you. So, again, Terry, hats off to you. 
Uh, you hold Steph Curry on the night, guys. Steph goes 7 for 22 from the field, 3 of 13 from 3, and Golden State as a team shot 23% from 3. So not to short, kind of, you know, sell you short on this win, but that is that is abnormal for them. Like, that's not probably going to happen most nights. But again, how much of that is a product of you just played pretty good defense on them as well? Like, just call it for what it is. The, the defense really has tightened up these past three games. You love to see it. But again, kind of that signature win of the year to this point. You get one on Friday night against the Knicks. You really, really get a signature win on Sunday night against the Warriors, guys. That, I, in my book, like that has to be the signature win of the season so far. And you can almost feel it coming. Like, I don't want to ever say that you, you know, you always give your opponent credit, right? And you don't want to get cocky or big headed, but just kind of the energy in the city of Charlotte, the energy around the team. You know, you had one, two straight. You were back at home. You had a couple days rest or one day of rest, I guess, but you were at home, you know, and then not not to say that this is the reason why, but like just the energy in Charlotte, you know, Cam Newton's coming back into town. Panthers blow out the Cardinals just a couple hours before your game. So you could almost feel it coming like, all right, Hornets are going to get this win tonight, cap off a terrific weekend for Charlotte sports in general, guys. And that's exactly what they did. J. Cole was in the building. Uh, baby was in the building. Thomas Davis was in the building. Like just the electric atmosphere at Spectrum Center last night, guys. It was just kind of one of those nights where it was kind of meant to be almost. Like it was just kind of meant to be that the Hornets got that win. Really, really good win, guys. Again, squad's playing much better on defense. Not to say that there's not room for improvement. There definitely are. Not to say that there aren't still red flags or weaknesses on this team. There definitely are. Uh, and we will definitely talk about those on this show, guys. But as much as we talk about the struggles of the team, especially last week on a winless week, you got to tip your cap when they play well, too, and celebrate the victories, guys. So that's what we're doing here on a victory Monday, guys. We're going to go ahead and dive on into the schedule for this week as the Hornets have three games coming up. Wednesday, they will take on the East-leading Washington Wizards. Wizards playing really, really well so far. Some of those new additions are doing really well for them. You think about uh, Montrez Harrell and Kyle Kuzma. Those guys are doing pretty well so far this year. You obviously know that Bradley Beal can score the ball. So kind of a, another tall task on Wednesday coming up. But what works in your favor and what kind of blows my mind, it is the first time this season that you've had two consecutive days of rest. That's First off, that's kind of absurd to me, and I'm sort of upset about the scheduling. But second of all, that really, really benefits you guys. You get Monday and Tuesday to rest before Wednesday's game against the Wizards, and it's at home, so you don't have to travel. Obviously, that's huge. So expect a sharp performance from Charlotte. Whatever the outcome of that game is, I, I would expect a sharp, crisp performance where you're not dealing with jet lag. You're not dealing with you know, as much fatigue. Obviously, you still probably have some fatigue. But you know, kind of a good situation, a good setup, if you will. Friday, you take on the Pacers, again, here in Charlotte. So we all know what happened first time they came to town. As you get the win down to the wire, you come back and get the win against Indiana. And then Saturday, you're at the Atlanta Hawks. Now, Atlanta has struggled a lot. Indiana and Atlanta have really struggled, actually, uh, as of late. And Atlanta, as a team, I think you can draw some similarities to yourself where, you know, an exciting young team, very good offensive team, leaves something to be desired on defense a lot led by a young star point guard, you know. So th there's definitely some parallels to draw. You're on the road, so again, that's always difficult. But it's, uh, you know, the shortest possible road trip you can make if you're Charlotte, You're you know, right down in Georgia, uh, down to Atlanta to take on the Hawks. So again, some good opportunities this week, guys, to keep the momentum going. That's what it's about is, okay, you've done, you know, really had a good week this week. How do you respond to that? As important as it is to respond to adversity, you also have to respond to, 
you know, sort of prosperity the same way. You have to respond to success where you don't let it get yourself, you know, big headed, if you will. You don't get ahead of yourself, you know, kind of keep that same mentality, just like one game at a time mentality. And that's kind of a cliche, you know, but it is very true that you need to kind of lock in and remain focused. And I think this group will, I'm not doubting that, but just kind of putting that out in the airwaves, you know, and I think you guys understand that. So some other kind of talking points I want to get into today, guys. One situation that I know some of you have kind of seen, and it's kind of become almost a joke on like Twitter and Instagram, if you will, recently is Kai Jones and James Booknight and how they keep getting sent back and forth from the Swarm, back and forth to the G League, back to Charlotte, back to the G League, where, you know, I saw some stuff on Twitter where, you know, they said, like, I hope they carpooled to save money on gas, or they had to, you know, make a U-turn halfway up to uh, Greensboro. But they played really, really well, actually, in their game Saturday night for the Swarm. And I was able to watch some of that game. There's a YouTube live stream that I found on Twitter, so able to catch some of that. And they played really, really well. They're they're frankly just better than a lot of the G League players, so that's not that surprising. Uh, but, you know, hopefully we see if they, you know, kind of get to the G League for any consistent amount of time and just are able to develop a little bit there because I think that is more beneficial for them than keeping a seat warm in Charlotte. Now, kind of my, my theory, and I don't even know if it's a theory as much as it is just the reason that this keeps happening is that, Charlotte without PJ Washington for the time being, they're just kind of, I don't want to say shorthanded, but like they don't want to get in a situation where whether it be foul trouble or injury during a game, like you don't want to be kind of shorthanded during a game. So it may help to have Booknight and Kai Jones physically there at the game, even if you don't plan to play them in the game. Right. So, you know, again, if that's the case, you understand it. It is a little bit frustrating, I guess, for fans as, as far as you just want to see, you know, what's going to happen with these guys, either, you know, I feel like the mindset of, a, mindset of a lot of fans is, well, they were your first-round draft picks, throw them into the rotation and see what you got. Or if you're not going to do that, send them to Greensboro and at least let them stay there and develop. And and I definitely buy into that. I just think I think that's what's going on. I could definitely be wrong about that. But if that's the case, I understand it. It's kind of what I'm getting at here. But, again, they played really, really well. In addition to JT Thor, shout-out JT Thor, played very well in that game as well. Uh, so some exciting stuff going on with the Swarm. I know fans really, really want to see uh, LiAngelo Ball play some more minutes. Guys, you know, as, as much as I would as well, and as much as I want LaMelo to be happy with LiAngelo's situation, like, <laughs> Jello is not the future of the Hornets franchise. Kai Jones and James Booknight could very well be part of the future of the Hornets franchise. So, you know, kind of two different goals, if you will, as far as what those players are, are kind of meant to do up there in Greensboro. But again, I'm not against jello getting some more run there like he's done some good things so if you throw him into that rotation with jones with book knight with jt thor you know you could have something something exciting going on up there in greensboro but something worth keeping an eye on uh but again so this week's bring the sting player of the week award guys we've been doing this for a couple weeks now and kind of want to explain what this is yet again it's not necessarily the player who played the best throughout the week uh, because those guys are going to get their shine right like lamello and miles bridges as much as like they played fantastic, don't get me wrong, but like they get a lot of shine for that. So it's maybe a player who hadn't, you know, gotten as much shine. Like and I gave, I gave it to Cody Martin last week just for his effort on defense. Uh, but this week, guys, I got to give it to Terry Rozier. That jump ball last night, like that sealed the deal for me. He just, and again, coming back off that sprained ankle, he took some some heat on uh, on Twitter and some criticism on Twitter. Oh, we we gave Terry the bag too early. He's no good. You know, Nick Batoon 2.0. I never bought into that. That was just kind of ridiculous to me to see that. Uh, but Terry, 
excellent job this week uh, and just really, really a great performance last night. Again, putting up 20 points in the second half, winning that jump ball against Draymond down the stretch, hitting some clutch shots. Like, what else can you say? Terry, Terry is just that mentality. Guys, he's scary Terry for a reason. One of my favorite players on the team. So Terry Rozier is this week's Bring the Sting Podcast Player of the Week Award recipient. And guys, that will conclude our episode. So thank you so much for tuning in this week to the Bring the Sting Podcast. Guys, again, as we mentioned, the episode's coming out every Monday at different times. So definitely tune in to Twitter and Instagram to keep up with that. Again, Twitter, it's at underscore Bring the Sting. Instagram, it's at Bring the Sting. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast, though. As always, if you have any recommendations, any requests, any questions, any feedback, be sure to send that on over on Twitter, on Instagram, you know, Apple Podcast uh, reviews and ratings, just however you want to get in touch. Be sure to do that, guys. But once again, thank you so, so much for tuning in. Have a fantastic week, and let's go Hornets. Thank you.